G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Coming up today on The Story. I ended up sharing with my mum and dad actually a little bit. I was always a bit scared to say to them, hey, I'm a Christian, because I thought they'll come and sort of say all these things to me and they might point the finger at all the stuff that I've done wrong. But um, they didn't. They actually embraced me and they showed me that the reason why I had done all those things is because I was looking for hope in other places. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Morag Patton was raised in a Christian family, but tried to run as far away from God as she could get. Remarkably, she would still tell other people that they needed Jesus. Eventually, she got into a dark place in her life where she called out to God herself. We'll find out what happened as Morag has a chat with Shelley Scull. Morag, tell us about the person that you were before you met Jesus. Well, I um, came from a family, actually, that were a Christian family. We spoke a lot about Jesus, so I knew a lot about who he was. But I found when I was about probably 16, 17 years old that I thought, no, this this Jesus guy is not for me. I just want to do life on my own. And so um, I ended up walking away really from my family, from the church that I had been going to, and just sort of started doing life on my own, thinking, let's just try all these things that... I had thought were not okay as a follower of Jesus and it wasn't long actually before I started getting myself into a a really bit of a dark hole. I found myself just getting really tied up with things where I was looking for pleasure in things rather than actually uh, being confident about who I was as a person. Mm. So often I'd come along to parties and rather than even being someone that could relate well to people, I found that I needed to start relying on alcohol um, getting myself drunk quite often and just being that in that place where I felt really lost and lonely. I ended up finding a guy as well and uh, thinking, well, he's, he's all right. And uh, we actually ended up in this relationship for eight years. And um, it was just as that eight-year relationship was, you know, on the peak of our eight years that things really started to sort of heat up for me where I I just felt so lost and so dark and um, I often used to think about what it would be like to end my life. Really? And so it was, a, it was a pretty scary place to be. Yeah. Did you still believe in God at this time and were running away from him or had you kind of come to the conclusion that God didn't exist? Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I knew that God still existed and I guess deep down with me, I always had this thing in the back of my mind thinking, oh, I'm doing the wrong thing. But for me, I it was really interesting. I'd go along to parties sometimes and say to people, man, you need Jesus. I'd hear, you know, about their lives and it seemed they, they had no way out of their situation that they were in. And I'd actually be telling them that they needed to follow Jesus. But yet I wasn't actually prepared to do that myself. I thought in some ways, I'm okay. I suppose it was just when I got home and those moments at night when I just realized, oh my goodness, I am lost myself. Um, But I didn't really know how to get out of that. I did pray one day 
Oh, it was six years into my relationship with this guy and I prayed and I said, God, if you don't want me in this relationship, then you'll have to get me out of it because I don't know how else to live. And so it was basically two years to the day that um, I felt like God answered my prayer. Wow. Yeah, so you obviously still had very much that awareness of God, but you just weren't choosing to follow him. I I guess the other thing that impacted you a little bit was the church down the road from you. Yeah, that was quite funny. I was living at a a bit of a sleep out where it's a, a little room out the back of a house and often I'd come home from my parties and I'd have a hangover on Sunday morning and I'd have the window open often when I went to bed and so of course the sun would come up and then next thing I'd hear this crazy singing from the church down the road (laughs) and I used to go inside and say to my housemate oh man I wish that church would shut up she actually said to me oh you should go there and I said oh absolutely not I'm never going to go there (laughs) quite funny and here you are down the track a little bit and uh, God has a sense of humor doesn't he at what point did you realize that you needed Jesus It's an interesting situation. I had gone to bed after an argument with my boyfriend one night and um, we had actually knocked the phone off the hook in our argument. It was a bit of a pillow fight that it ended up in. And halfway through the night, as we were sleeping, there was a knock at the window and um, my boyfriend got up and went to the window and then basically after a short conversation with the person that was outside, he left the house. And I just remember thinking, is this what my life is going to be like? Because I asked him, what are you doing? And he didn't respond why he was leaving the house. And so he left with the light on and the window open and I lay in my bed thinking, is this really what my life should be about? I was considering if this guy was going to ask me to marry him as I had you know, prayed to God, would I be happy in a, in a relationship with him? But then I also realized that my life was, quite empty and I went to sleep thinking this. Then I woke up in this kind of weird sort of, I don't know, it's like a dream or it's a nightmare really and there was this uh, heaviness that was coming over my legs and it was moving up my legs and up my body and by the time it got to about my belly button I remember thinking, oh my goodness, there's this woman that's taking over me and she kept moving right up until she got to my chin and then to my nose. And by the time the top of her head got to my eyes and um, her feet were hanging out of my feet and her hands were hanging out of my hands, I remember just freaking out and thinking the screaming is not working. But I remember as a little girl, my dad praying for me and saying, I command you out in Jesus' name when he was talking about the things that were not of God. And so I knew that this was not of God, this woman taking me over. So I said, in Jesus' name, I command you out. Now something came along and pulled her out by her feet. And I remember her walking away laughing and looking back at me. And it was like she walked through the wall of my room. And um, it was one of those moments where I felt like she was saying, I'll be back. Now, I was petrified. I jumped out of, well, I I didn't know what to do. I was thinking, I need to shut the window and turn the light out and get back to sleep. So I asked Because shutting the window will definitely keep all of that stuff out. Yeah. (laughs) And pulling up the quilt as well. You're always safe under your quilt. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I just knew if I was, if I could get back to sleep, then maybe it would, maybe it was just a dream. So I slammed the window, turned out the light, jumped back into bed. 
and uh, in the morning I woke up, so it just seemed like only moments. But over the next two days, I felt like this prompting inside of me, I've since realized it was God speaking to me, that my life was not how he intended it to be, and that the woman he created me to be was not the woman that I was. I still get quite emotional about that, and just thinking, you know, So often he had a plan for me and I had started to go down a track which was far from what he had planned. So uh, about a week later actually my brother came to stay and um, he invited me to church and that was the start of the journey. (laughs) Would you believe that the church was actually the church down the road that I (laughs) said I would never go to? (laughs) That'd be right. (laughs) Yeah. So... Yeah, going to church obviously is is that start of that direction or start of heading in the right direction and I guess re-exploring what it means to actually be a Christian and to have that relationship as your own personal relationship with God rather than your parents' relationship with God? Yeah, I mean, it's totally different. I think that's the thing. I was taking on what I had heard from others instead of being able to experience it for myself and I was really scared going to the church because I thought they're pretty weird. I want to keep away from these people in some ways, but there was something that would keep drawing me to church. A few weeks later, I was sitting in the back and um, the pastor said, if you want to commit your life to Christ, then you can follow me in a prayer. And I decided to follow him in, in praying. And then the following week, I went back and I actually ended up praying the same prayer. And then it happened again the third week. And I thought, is something, is this actually making a difference? But I ended up sharing with my mum and dad, actually, a little bit. I was always a bit scared to say to them, hey, I'm a Christian, because I thought they'll come and sort of say all these things to me, and they might point the finger at all the stuff that I've done wrong. But um, they didn't. They actually embraced me, and they showed me that the reason why I had done all those things is because I was looking for hope in other places. And um, I started to discover as I said sorry to God for all the areas where it wasn't about the things I had done, it was about my heart, it was about moving in rebellion and rejection of who God had created me to be. Then as I started experiencing and journeying with God, that he changed me from the inside and it was like this joy that started moving around me that just had to burst out all the time. So I felt like... I just experienced God not only on a personal level but a very physical and emotional level as well. Tell us about how you got involved in missions then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I used to think I had an idea of what a missionary was. What happened was I got involved in a large outreach that was happening in New Zealand where it's real cool through extreme sports, art and entertainment. They shared a message of what it was to follow Jesus and started to make the message of Jesus really relevant to people to be able to identify this is this is me. Now, I couldn't believe on these nights where we would present the message of Jesus in such a way that these people would, you know, flood to the front and their lives were being changed and transformed. And I remember this one night that God spoke to me quite clearly really saying, you're going to leave your home and your family and you're you're going to go and, you know, it's about serving him. And I ended up, would you believe, within about a week, I think it was, of being in this auditorium with people flooding forward to receive Jesus. And a week later, I'm in my boss's office resigning 
Oh, um, really? Yeah, it was pretty. It was a pretty radical move. It took me three months to actually leave. I packed up my stuff. Well, I sold all my stuff actually, rented out my house, and I took off to Perth, Australia, where I could continue to follow the tour. So it was called Impact World Tour, um, and they were going to go to Perth. But part of my journey over to Perth with Youth with a Mission was that I had to do a six-month discipleship training school. And I was thinking, let's get the school over as quick as I can so that I can get on with the job that God has called me to. But little did I know that that school was also going to start transforming me and changing my life as well. Because I felt like what had happened is I'd, I'd built up ideas of who God was. I'd listened to a lot of voices around me. And I realized God is not the God that a lot of people think he is. He's the most incredibly loving, relational God. He's like my best supporter. He cheers me on. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I understood that for myself. I could finally see for myself who God had created me to be. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is having a chat with Morag Patton, who's sharing her life journey. We've just heard how Jesus entered her life after she had spent years fleeing from him. Next, we'll hear more of her story and how she is now involved with a ministry that shares the gospel via social media in a very creative way. That and more when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is having a chat with Morag Patton, who's sharing her life journey. Before the break, we heard how Morag became a Christian. Next, we'll hear about the creative way she's been involved in helping people share their faith at various ministries. I was actually in YWAM for 10 years, so part of that journey was that I got to see the Impact World Tour come to Perth. We also went up to Geraldton as well, so... We were talking to different churches down WA and that was a three-year process actually of bringing this tour. And it was interesting even there because part of it was helping to empower the local church to be able to be connected to the community and to be a voice and to come alongside people and help them. And So it was about encouraging and equipping the church to do that. Plus also I heard a lot about what it was to follow Jesus as well because we went on tour sharing the gospel. So it was an exciting time. After that tour, I I then felt so strongly I needed to continue to stay in Perth. But I have always felt for me staying in one place is sort of almost a little bit limiting. I I feel like God has moved my heart for the nations in that um, he cares about every single person around the world. I love actually telling people about who Jesus is and helping them to understand, to break through the different barriers that they have in their mind of who he is. I ended up doing some some worldwide stuff too where I got to go to cities and help empower the church to be able to reach their own cities. And um, yeah, just, just be the voice that God has called us all as Christians to be. 
Morag, one thing that you really weren't expecting was uh, being asked to then train other people in evangelism, uh, and that was a bit of an unexpected blessing for you. It was. It was real interesting, actually, because I used to go out and share my faith on a regular basis, and, um, you know, many times I was doing that with people alongside me, and I remember I'd love to just be able to turn around and talk about the situation and say, how do you think that went, and do you think we could speak in a different way to people to help them to understand what often happens is we can use a lot of Christianese language that doesn't really make sense and um, also just that we don't actually say what God has done for us. Rather, we talk about how incredible he is, but we don't make it personal. And I often would talk to people in this way and it wasn't long before someone on the leadership team actually came to me from YWAM Perth and said, Morag, can you teach on one of our schools? And I was a little bit uh, shocked to start off with, but then I thought, what an exciting opportunity. Now, I got to teach these students for a whole week on sharing their faith. And uh, I was thinking, man, I don't know if I'll have enough information or material uh, to be able to share. But honestly, the first day I started and I realized pretty quickly that I was going to run out of time during the week (laughs) with all the stuff that I felt like God had shown me. Well, after that first week of teaching, actually, a number of people were saying how they found that it was so helpful to just be practical and start thinking through, how do I broach a conversation and how do I share what God has done for me? And so I got asked to teach uh, on many of the schools which was really exciting. Now, the interesting thing when I got on this school, uh, one school in particular, is this girl came to me and she had some videos that she had found from the internet. And we had started talking about saying, well, what is it to share the message of Jesus? Like if you were putting uh, the message of Jesus into a three-minute presentation, what would you say within three minutes? So she brought these videos along to, you know, as an example um, and I, I initially thought, oh, videos, the internet, oh, no, I'm not really into that. I'm into talking one-on-one with people. Yeah. Um, and I, I went home that evening and I You've really got God. to stop talking like that, Morag. You keep on saying all these things that you don't want to do and then God <laughs> just puts you right in the middle of it. I know. <laughs> it's strangely prophetic, isn't it? All the stuff that you don't want to do and then God gives you a passion for it. But, uh, I yeah, so- know. <laughs> So you went home and obviously thought further about it? Yeah, well, I felt like God sort of interrupted my night to say, you've, you've got to honour this girl in um, actually showing these videos. And so I thought, oh, well, that's probably a great idea. And in fact, videos are kind of interactive. So I started looking on the internet to see what other videos there were about the gospel. You know, if someone was looking online, what could they find? And I was shocked to see... When I put in different search words, what kind of videos I actually got and um, how they, you know, you get these old-fashioned looking uh, images of Jesus and standing there with a sheep and, you know, the the videos weren't so much interactive where I would want to show that to, you know, someone that was a 20-year-old. It sort of seemed like very old-fashioned. And so I started complaining to God (laughs) and saying, (laughs) whoa, how how are you going to sort this thing out? Because the internet is actually quite big. I started, you know, sort of mulling it over in my mind. The internet is quite a powerful tool. 
And actually, I search online all the time. So if I'm whatever I want to know, I would search online. Now, I've never searched online for Jesus because I already know him. But then I started thinking, what about all those people that don't know him? And what if they start putting in the search words that I've put in? They're not going to actually see the true representation of who Jesus is. So I asked God, God, can you send people to change the internet so that we've got ways of being able to share our faith in a way where people are going to really be able to understand and connect? And that is where you got the passion for yesheis.com, which really is a great tool that has been developed to help us share our faith, isn't it? It has been. It's a very interesting story how it happened because I had been over on a trip in India to, we'd been sharing at a city-wide year-long event in India, in Kolkata, under the name of Mega Cities. And um, I came home from that trip, it had been a fantastic time away, but I came home thinking, man, I just really need a break and I need to pull myself away just for a, a time so that I can, you know, have a holiday. And uh, I spoke about that with um, the leader that was working with me and he was like, yeah, I think you should take four weeks off. Now, I felt like God was already starting to stir me that my time at YWAM was finished. And um, I couldn't really understand that. You know, I was thinking, but, you know, I was thinking God's called me to the nations and I think maybe I'm just tired and I just need a break and I'll go on holiday and everything will be okay. Now, circumstances had it that I ended up on holiday at the Sunshine Coast because my sister lives here. And um, little did she tell me that she was pregnant and not actually very well. So all of our little holiday trips we were going to have around ended up with um, me at her house, often with her not feeling well, which actually suited me really well when I look back. And uh, there was this one day I said to her, "Um, why don't we go and have a look online and see if there's any good videos in Yes He Is? because her husband worked at this organisation. And uh, so we had a look. Now, I didn't tell my sister the day before that I had already asked God, God, should I still be in YWAM? And he had given me the words, it's finished. My time in YWAM had finished. And I didn't want to believe that. But I must admit, I could not believe my eyes when I had a look at this video on Yes He Is. And then down the bottom right-hand corner of the page, there was a little... Uh, ad that said we're hiring and I clicked on that ad and I ended up reading the job description of the job that I'm in now (laughs) and the rest is history there you are it's amazing how God moves like that hey like it's so great that he just made it so clear to you that that door was shut the door to YWAM you you had done everything that he wanted you to do there it's time for someone else to rise up and take that that spot and it's time for you to move into a new season it really is a great thing you're doing at yes he is yeah well we all know that to be able to share our faith we need to do it face to face as well as through our social media networks. So we're starting conversation around the country about what it looks like to share our faith, how we can use the online space. Now, we we get to actually connect with churches across Australia to be able to give them the opportunity for this free app, uh, for them to download and to be using it as a church. I mean, there's over 7,000 videos within this app. Wow. Um, so you've, you've actually hit on a very important point, making something relevant 
to the people we want to speak to. And so this is the exciting thing is, you know, how I spoke about before when I searched the internet for videos about what it was to follow Jesus? Well, you can actually go into this app and you can search search words particular to your friend's situation. So put those words in and it will only show you the videos related to that. And we also curate all the content in there. So it means you're not going to get stuff that doesn't effectively bridge to the gospel. So to be able to lead people to the person of Jesus. But they're also not their videos to sort of whack people over the head with either. (laughs) Um, I mean that in such a way that often they're very relatable stories of testimonies of um, what's happened in people's lives or um, maybe a motion graphic or other different forms of sharing these little short three to five minute video clips with your friends. And the exciting thing is, this is what I love about it, is because when you sign up you get a profile and it means that when your friend does respond or ask a question to those videos, you actually get to answer those questions directly with your friend. So it's like you can take that conversation offline and bring them straight back into the place of worship or your church that you're at. Yeah, it really is a great way to uh, share the gospel with your friends in a really non-threatening way and uh, in the comfort or the privacy of their own home as well. It's a great tool. Morag, time has gotten the better of us, I'm afraid, but uh, thank you so much for chatting with us today about the work of Yes, He Is, of course, something that you're very passionate about, but also your own story about how God has searched you down (laughs) after you went running away from Him and how you're now serving Him. Yeah, thanks. It's been great to talk. That was Shelley Scowan chatting with Morag Patton from the social media ministry called Yes, He Is. As Morag mentioned, they provide a creative way to share your faith using short videos that you can access through their mobile phone app. To find out details on how it all works, simply go to yesheis.com. That's yesheis.com. Or you can download the app on your phone to see all the free resources they have to offer. Just look up Yes, He Is Life on Mission. Well, it's amazing to see all the creative ways you can share the gospel these days using modern technology. And it's also amazing to hear how far Morag has come from her days when she was running away from the Lord to now pointing people to him. It's fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us for Morag's story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story meeting a lady at the age of 17 and she loved me for who I was and that was pretty big for me. She was from London and she was going back home and she um, she mentioned, you know, we, we could make it a little bit more serious and maybe we could get married and we talked about this and, and even though I had that love in my life, I, I would push it away too. I was a difficult one because I was so hurt. James O'Neill has lived going in and out of drug rehabilitation centres. He was born to a 16-year-old mother and a 19-year-old father who left when he was only two. His troubled childhood included abuse of many kinds. We'll hear James's journey to freedom in Christ next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.